0: Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Elevation Series Podcast presented by the Colorado PGA. This week, we will be elevating our knowledge of golf fitness. My name is Holly Champion, and I'm the Player Development Director for the Colorado PGA. I'm joined by our co-host, Brad Skopeka, PGA Professional and the Director of Teaching Quality for Golf Tech. Brad also has experience in the competitive arena of long drive championships, this week's guest is Caitlin Pimentel, Golf Digest Top 50 Fitness Trainer. A Methodist University PGA Golf Management graduate and Division III athlete, Caitlin pursued her passion for golf and fitness to what it is today. Creating her own online academy and working with clients around the world, Caitlin has become an expert in fitness for golfers of all ages and skill levels. Please enjoy this episode of the Elevation Series. We're just going to dive right into it so caitlin you have um kind of graduated we both graduated from methodist together that's how we got to know each other um mm-hmm. and you kind of dove into the golf fitness realm please tell me a little bit about you know why that was interesting and what got you started there
1: Yes. Well, thank you so much, um, Holly and Brad, for having me. I'm really appreciative appreciative of uh, having me on. I'm so, so excited to chat with you guys. Um, And yeah, so Methodist was super fun. Loved our time there. Uh, However, I did go through... Uh, I I wasn't, I wasn't the only person on the team by any means that went through injuries and, and whatnot, but, um, golf was like my life. I still, it still is my life. I love it. But what happened was I, I did go through quite a bit of low back pain, um, and lo and behold, (laughs) how I got into the golf fitness side of things was because I realized through another one of our teammates, um, at Methodist, Alana, who went through TPI, she kind of used this as her guinea pig when I, think I was a um, <laughs> or freshman or early sophomore, uh, and I would realized I had no hip mobility, <laughs> no core strength, and I was basically trying to put a square peg through a round hole, and the more and more I tried to like do that and practice and play and make swing changes in order for me to get better, Um it was the more pain I had played. I couldn't even sit through class. I I was couldn't sleep because of it, and I could I, every single round I would take, you know, a couple ibuprofen, um, just to get by. And I, at 18, 19 years old, I was like, "What is this? This is not this is not normal." <laughs> uh, and you know, going into the athletic training room, and this isn't to knock Methodist at all. It's just the time the at the at that point, at that point in time. And like, what was it? 2008, 2009 dating ourselves here. Uh, <laughs> it, That's it okay. Was definitely, I, it's weird to even say that. Like, cause now I feel like I'm saying it more and more, but what's really, what was really crazy is that going into that athletic training rooms, they'd be like, Oh, like, Yeah. (laughs) Puts, you know, ice and stretch, but there was no like, oh, you need to be weight training for golf. That's why you're one-sided sport. And, you know, you put almost eight times your body weight on your spine at impact. Like, yeah, things are going to go wrong (laughs) and you have to have the mobility. You have to be an athlete. And I just, um, it was, it was honestly, Going through that period of time that got me kind of exposed to the TPI, Titles Performance Institute, it had me exposed to people like Mike Boyle and Greg Cook and Greg Rose. And it's crazy to think that, you know. With my personality, like I go, okay, who's the best? Like that's how we all found Methodist, right? Like, I want to do this thing, but like I want to get there faster. Like, I don't, I, I want to be taught by the best. So, like, who is the best? And we went to Methodist because they were the best, in, in my opinion, um, for what we want to do, right? So, it, I just, you know, that that injury took me to, okay, I, I want, I really love helping people. I really want to do this. I really want to, I thought I wanted to be a top 50 golf instructor, like top 100 golf instructor and work with Jim McLean and kind of go that route. That was kind of like, my heart was set on that when I first stepped into Methodist and then it just spiraled into something different. Um, and I'm so glad it did. I'm grateful for every, ibuprofen I took because it brought me into this like world um I don't know how I still have a stomach lining to be honest (laughs) Uh, but it's just I joke but I, I just I'm really grateful for our time there and um the experience that I had and and the people I've been able to to help in that process Definitely.
0: Yeah. Fitness. I, I kind of went through something similar that you did. I would have sciatic nerve pinches that anytime I would go to an athletic trainer, you know, it was something that they just weren't familiar with. And there was really not a ton of science around it yet. Even, I mean, we talk about it as if it was such a long time ago. That was only what, eight, nine years ago now.
2: Um, Yeah. Yeah. At
0: the very earliest. So, you know, somebody wasn't really, they didn't have a textbook for that. And they couldn't no. say, oh, this is exactly the workout that you need or this is exactly the point, you know, in which you need to start and these are the muscles that you need to strengthen. Nobody had that kind of science. So it was just, oh, yeah, yeah. Heat. I was told the exact same thing. Heat, ice is great. Um Stretch yeah. it out. Make sure you're stretching a lot before you start to play, and you know, watch how you put your bag in the trunk. I've heard that statistic a bunch. Is so many back injuries in golf are they? They just have to do with the way that you put your bag in your trunk of your car at the end of your round. Yeah,
1: yeah, Holly. it's crazy. Or just I mean, how you put your dumbbell down after yeah. you squat with it. it's not <laughs> the squatting there. It's the how how you pick it up off the rack. Like it's so it's so crazy. Yeah, I totally agree. Definitely. And Brad, what's your
0: background in fitness? I know you're, you're pretty savvy with, um, you know, Golf Tech's instructional programs being a DOI and, and things like that. Tell me a little bit about what you've done with your fitness, fitness pursuits.
2: Absolutely. Uh, first off, thanks for having me, Holly. I'm um, by by no means an expert in the fitness realm. I've really just done a lot more um, um, learning myself through hanging around other people that really know what they're doing. So I have I got into fitness probably a little bit later. Um, by most standards, I would say didn't really start lifting probably until my junior senior year of college. Um, really, just as a way of you know, supplementing some time outside the classroom and not on the golf course and and then having got into to long drive uh, around the same time, um, they two just really tended to go hand in hand. So playing golf and trying to become big and strong uh, typically can help you hit the ball a little bit farther. And that's uh, really then over the years, I've just been always trying to then hang around and associate myself with other individuals that are um, maybe like-minded, but also or as far as what uh, purpose uh, strength training plays in golf, uh, and then really just learn from them through TPI and other individuals, and really try to tailor my um, my fitness education through a little bit of trial and error on my side, uh, as well as just through the information I've distilled from from those individuals.
0: So I think you bring up a really good point with you know trial and error. Like I said before, there's really you know when it sounds like the three of us kind of got into it or even heard about golf fitness, there really was no standard. There was no you know, there were a couple of people that were doing really good things and and a couple of pioneers, but nothing set in stone like there was for other sports, for weight training and and different things like that. So we you know, you both kind of learned on your own and, and put it together with, you know, science and, and doing TPI and doing other programs that started to exist. Um, you know, what. What do you think has been the most important thing that you've maybe discovered for yourself? You never saw it really written anywhere or anyone said, this is the formula, this is the magic potion that makes you a better golfer and takes away your pain. You know, what have you learned that's most impactful?
1: Mm. I really, I, um, I really love that question, Holly, because it just kind of brings me back to Methodist a little bit because when I finally said was enough was enough, um, I had a lot of very like helpful people in different realms. Uh, like I had a chiropractor, I went to a physical therapist, I had a yoga instructor, um, and I ha- I was working out. But none of these people were connected like this, like, I just, like, if you tell me what to do, I'm the type of person that if you just, just tell me what I got to do, and I'll do it. Like, and I, at that time, each person had their own opinion. So I would go to the physical therapist and the physical therapist said, oh, you should also be getting adjusted. Okay. And then, oh, and then that person said, oh, you should also be working out. Okay. That person said, oh, you should also be like doing yoga to keep up your mobility. And so I didn't know any better, uh, like, are all those things in the same philosophy to this day, to a certain degree. But I think, but I, I really learned firsthand what it was like to have a team as TPI, Titles Perform- sorry, I keep d- using acronyms, Titles Performance Institute, and um, that I would later on go and learn at level one when I did it in college, but level one and level two rather, but like before I did that, it was wild because they, I had my own team around me, but no one was talking to each other. They were all talking separately and I would had to put together like, Oh, okay, this is helping me with this. This is helping me with this. And when we all put these together, that makes a lot of sense. But like looking back, what I really wanted to create for my, in-person clients and now for my online clients is how can I how can I create that team and put like work with a physical therapist and a chiropractor or their medical team or their teaching professional um, or their swing instructor rather and whoever else is on their team but how can we all be on the same page to create that tour-like experience for that athlete so one, they feel like, wow, people really care about me and they care about my progress. I'm just not going into a one-off lesson and, you know, putting the pieces together on your own because it just takes so much more time. So if someone has that, what, what it kind of taught me is if someone is dedicated to something so much that they want that team and they want that level of service, then I know exactly how to provide that because I've been there, I've done that. And I was the person who was like trying to put all those pieces together. And it's just, it can be really, it it can, it can really um, deter someone from following through. And, and it really is a lot easier than what people make it out to be. Um, You just have to have great communication among those people involved. So that's kind of what, that's the biggest thing I think that I think. And also I think, training like an actual athlete like you know I learned through Mike Boyle very early in my career and I'm so grateful for that time under them um is like I learned first off the bat like um, you know bodybuilding <laughs> bodybuilding is bodybuilding <laughs> and that it that's, def- that's a different type of training cuz I was definitely in that world right after college I got into a little bit of that just cuz I was bored and needed something to do. And I wasn't on a team anymore. <laughs> um, but I realized quickly like, okay, what you pull out of magazines isn't a per se what is best for your golf game. And then I learned at boils, how you have to train, you have to be an athlete first to be a golfer. Um, and I really just I'm grateful for that as well. So that's kind of long winded. Sorry. <laughs> that's what that's the, the, uh, what I kind of think I learned the best or the most.
0: No, that's really good. I think, you know, having come through a lot of the fitness stuff and, and watching what you've done since we've graduated and things like that, it's it's clear that, you know, through your experience and your own, you know, trials and tribulations, so to speak, you've learned a lot and have been able to compile it. You know, Brad, you kind of come from a little bit of a different, um, you know, different realm of fitness closer to long drive and strength where a lot of that is, is a little different. It's not necessarily maintaining your regular golf game or maintaining just being pain-free. It's how do I build strength and muscle to be able to hit it further than my competition? You know, what have you learned from that process? Cause that, that whole thing is fascinating to me, by the way.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Uh, it's interesting. Very rarely do I, uh, you know, feel pretty small just walking down a driving range. But when I, whenever I get out to uh, one of our long drive tour events, not only am I typically six inches uh, shorter than most of the guys, I'm typically uh, outweighed many times as well. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's definitely humbling, um, humbling many, many fronts. Um, but yeah, trying to connect the two, I think it all, a lot of it just really comes back to that strength aspect of it. And I think that's where fitness has uh, played the biggest gains for me um, in my golf game, just from long drive and playing as well always hit it far growing up uh, but never like i said really started doing any training uh, until college and i didn't know what i was doing when i first started it looked a lot like bodybuilding uh, but i think for most people um I feel like just doing something, at least at your heavy compound lifts, we can probably talk about that a little bit, at least it's a good starting point to build some of that base, base strength because mm-hmm. uh, injury um, prevention is obviously a huge benefit on the fitness side. Um, but I think one of the biggest things that your average golfer uh, is able to gain through fitness is just more more distance. I think that's just such a big advantage um, at the tour level for sure. But then also mm-hmm. just amongst your average golfers, um, we've compiled some cool just data at Golf Tech of really what separates different skill levels and just the distance you hit the ball is a, a huge part of that. Um, it's probably nothing you wouldn't venture to guess, but as you get better and better, the distance you hit the ball uh, goes up. And they're, they're definitely very related. It's hard to hard to score really well if you're hitting it. You know, sub 200 yards off the tee time and time again. Um, (laughs) And I think for your average player, just getting that base strength as a starting point is a great place to get started. And then as you get better and better, then you can become even more and more specialized along the lines of what Caitlin's saying. Then getting more into training like an athlete, doing your um, uh, things that are less isolation, a little more unilateral. Uh, Etc. Um, but then, how that connects then in, in, into long drive is you don't see mm-hmm. too many guys out there that are. They may not look like big bodybuilders. You don't have to look like a bodybuilder to be strong, but they're mm-hmm. still strong in the areas that they need to be to swing, you know, really, really fast. Uh, and you see the same thing on tour anymore. I think. Grayson's almost your case study of what just weight training can do from one year to the next. If you look at however much weight he's gained, um, you know, he can, uh, believe it or not, the actual amount of uh, poundage he's gained, but just how many yards he's picked up, I uh, just took a quick look prior to this and he went from hitting it on average, just over 300 yards last year. He finished around 34th, uh, in the distance. Um, uh, for tour and now this year before they suspended play obviously a much smaller sample size but he was first on tour this year at 321 yards so even at a wow. uh older age by you know athletic standards anyway he's not a not a junior golfer anymore and he's still picking up 20 yards just through an offseason um that helps at any level of play and that's probably very directly related just to his fitness regimen that he's really implemented over the off season.
0: Yeah, That's a huge number for one off season. I mean, they were talking about, um, you know, you bring up a good point with some of those tour players is, um, Brooks Kepka after he had his knee surgery came back, worked out a ton, took his time and came back, you know, you could visibly see a difference just him walking around on on broadcast and stuff, you know, he'd put on some muscle mass and Bryson, the same same deal he was a little bit more of a lean player and then he came back and all of a sudden it's like, "Oh, look at that. There's there's some <laughs> muscle tonage there." <laughs> you know, and so it, it definitely, you know, obviously they're doing it for performance reasons and and it you that's a really good uh example of how that can that can influence your game um so you know coming at that from a couple different places um you know taking fitness to say two separate golfers we've got quite a few pga professionals that listen Listen to the Elevation series here, and have clientele of their own. Caitlin, similar to you, Brad, similar to you as well. There at Golf Tech, um, that are wanting to maybe take some information away for their clients. Um, what would you say? What would you say to a brand new PGA professional that's coming to you and says, "You know what? I love what you're doing. I want to get into golf fitness. How do I do that?"
2: I think uh, I always, anytime you have a question like that, it's trying just to to start with um, what. <laughs> what uh, goal are you trying to achieve with that? So if he's has uh, maybe some, some junior golfers that then he's trying to help them uh, with their fitness for, uh, say, just the idea of hitting it farther for a lot of those players. Or if you have a, an older membership, maybe you're trying to have them play longer. I might mm-hmm. um, you know have a, have a different answer to that one as well, too. So it always depends on who the people in front of you are. Uh, but in general, just trying to find you know your experts in the field, uh, you know, Caitlin obviously being one of those, my TPI been through a number of their different curriculums and on the, on the fitness side of things. I like a lot of what they do. So that's always Mm -hmm. a very, uh, very easy place to start just because the information is so readily available, but there's so many differing, um, different avenues you can go down now, especially when it comes to the fitness Mm -hmm. side, be it for injury prevention, be it for just swinging faster and hitting it farther. there's tons of different routes to go. Um, you know, a lot of the things from ITPI have been good. So I uh, mm. certainly would point some people in that direction.
1: I love that. I, and to add on what, um, what Brad was saying, I think, I think one of the best things, like, I, I completely agree with, with you, Brad, like, what is the goal? Like, is your goal to fill your lesson book? Is your goal to, um I think everyone I think I can speak for maybe I think we could speak for everyone that we always want to be innovating ourselves. so I think it's really important to stay current with what is out there. so you know it's so it's so easy to fall behind the times, if you will, like stick to the same philosophy for years and years and years to come and now it's funny because, I see now my philosophy, what it was 10 years ago to what it is now. You you have like your, your pillars that will, will always be there. Like nutrition, hydration, sleep, stress management, hormone, health, hormonal health, mental, like those will always be there, but it's how you approach that in order to create this like amazing fast, strong, controlled athlete, um, that we are as golfers, like there's pillars that support that goal. So a way to kind of, I just think it's really important, whatever your philosophy may be just to stay on top of what's new and current in research, um, or like in a great, a great way to do that is to dive into golf digest. Like, what are they, what are they talking about right now? Um, chat with other people be a part of masterminds, be a part of online, um, fitness programs di- like, like, you know, dive into programs yourself, try out new things, try out new, um, new, new, whether it be a new diet or a new, I hate the word diet, but a new eating regimen, a new, so just try out everything, uh, in, in, see how it works for you first, before you start talking about it yourself. Uh, I think that's really, really important. Um, and you know, I have, I've recorded a a really good podcast with, um, one of my colleagues, um, Robert Ying. Brad, I'm sure you know that name. Um, and we were talking about like how to actually test those things. Um, so if you wanted to try out a new diet, like what are the red flags, like there's keto and all these that like intermittent fasting, like everyone, that, that's a very big buzzwords right now, but how to know when to tail back, like, it's really important to know safety wise, if something is too much or too little, or you know what I mean? So there's always that to consider. But if, if a, if we're talking strictly for PGA professionals or teaching professionals right now, looking to, you know, innovate themselves. I really think it's important what to really embrace the online world. Um, that's the, one of the biggest things that I honestly was scared to do. Um, but four years ago, Holly, you know, I started an online golf fitness Academy and my mentors thought I was nuts. <laughs> they were like, what are you doing? <laughs> what, like, you're getting rid of your bread and butter? Like, what are you, but, you know, at the time, it just happened to work really well with my schedule. And I was, I just got married. We were, you know, we were moving and I needed to find a new club to work at because my club was two hours away and the commute was killing me. So I needed something to still work with clients but still provide a really great service. And, you know, it's, it's involved, it's evolved into something uh, amazing. But the cool part is, is you can still apply that TPI framework where let's say I said, Hey, Brad, like you're, you're a teaching professional. I want to find out how far you hit the ball right now. I'm going to ask you that after, because I'm really curious. Um <laughs> But, um, you know, how about you come on my online Academy and you can do a segment for my, my instructor, for my clients, like you can really create something amazing where your client, your experience with your clients doesn't end when they, they walk out of the lesson or when they walk out of the training session, it goes beyond that, that that's the part that I really love about embracing the online world is because you just create this amazing experience that your clients truly feel loved and they care cared about um and i just think that's whether so whether it's going to a tpi course or getting an online business mentor i can definitely recommend quite a few good ones <laughs> um <laughs> but you know just you know times are changing. So just making sure you're doing that, making sure you're reading. Um, But I would also, like I'd say, definitely TPI, go to, go to some perform better summits. Um, And I would also, you know, just staying current, TPI, perform better, teaching summits, having conversations with, um, you know, other mastermind members, if you have a couple PGA members that you can chat with and just share ideas. And I think that's one of the best ways to just stay current and, and um, give your clients the best experience possible.
2: Not far enough was the answer to how far I hit the hit it <laughs> I, I'm like
1: I'm like is it weird if I ask him <laughs> I sound like a totally
2: it should always be the answer though so that, uh, it almost segues a little bit though and just to a question I had for you um, so you mentioned just working at the club level and, and even with the online academy now whenever uh, new clients or even just your existing ones whenever they originally seek you out uh, mm. what would you say is their what's their number one goal typically is it more of just just a, a general fitness? Is it is it golf related? Uh, mm. Life related? Any standouts uh, there?
1: Yeah. Well, all the I can. It's weird to say, but like all the clients that I currently have, um, and that I've pretty much ever. I think I've maybe had. I can count on like two hands how many clients I've had that are non golfers. Only because I've always been in the the club world like I've either worked at a country club or partnered with several country clubs or the people who find me online it's like very specific like but that they want golf help but most of it's weird because like online they want something different than like in person in person clients they're typical like typically they'd be people who really need that accountability that extra accountability like I need to physically meet you at the gym monday wednesday friday at 8 a.m or 7 a.m uh because one i don't want to be here (laughs) two i need the help and three i just i want you know that i i want that human interaction i want that connection um the online golfer typically people who have are are very they're like their training experience is pretty high and they're looking for something very very specific like i want 15 yards on my drive by x date because i've got this tournament and or i want to lose 15 pounds by this day because i've got a golf trip with my girlfriends or my buddies and i need to beat everyone like it's it's so funny like (laughs) it's just a different journey i think um and then a, a couple. It, it's funny. It's uh, now I've no one's ever asked me that question. Now that I think of it, it's really funny. Like online versus in person's definitely. Everyone. I feel like everyone wants to lose a little weight and like get more energy, have more of accountability. But it's it, online is very like like they have them listed. <laughs> like I want this 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 this, which is great. I think that's really important.
2: I think it's funny you mentioned uh, the accountability part because I would say that's. Uh, in my just kind of opinion, where a lot of uh, just people in the fitness realm in general tend to go wrong, um, people mm. that are training because they don't hold themselves accountable either through a trainer or it's one of those most simple things. One of the biggest errors that I make is just not really keeping track of any of the sessions I do where I go into the gym or especially whenever we've been stuck at home now for the last few weeks trying to get yeah. creative in my basement. I'm just going <laughs> down and kind of wheel and doing the things that I like to do, uh, but then not writing everything down. And I know in the past, when I've done a nice job of keeping track of my lists, actually writing yeah. out some kind of plan, or when I've had yeah. trainers in the past doing that for me, just how much that has helped my uh, my progress in the gym. Um, so I think the accountability piece is just huge for your individuals, oh, yeah. just so that way you have somebody that has the knowledge that you have to push this at you in the right direction. But then, mm. you know, when you get to that whatever ninth tenth rep it's very easy to to stop when you do have much more in the tank yeah exactly so yeah. even if it's uh, getting with somebody that can help you out or just writing everything down on a piece of paper um i think those are just two boxes that are really easy to check that can help a lot of people
1: oh my gosh yeah Brett, i couldn't agree more couldn't agree more Yeah accountability is definitely where I've struggled
0: before I can't tell you how many I'm you know probably like the majority of the population and have started a workout routine or started this free trial or that you know. Introductory class or whatever, and it's like I'll get through three or four of them, maybe. And then it's like, oh, This is so much easier to let's. I'm just gonna go walk the dogs, or I'm just gonna yeah, sleep in a little like, bit longer, or mm-hmm. I'm you know, I can I can find I'm really really good at making excuses. Oh, you we know? all are, <laughs> just mm-hmm. and so it's you know, that kind of accountability is a huge part to getting someone to not only start something but stick with it and and get better through fitness. And I think that probably comes through with your instructors as well. I mean, if you start a fitness program with your clients, you're pretty accountable to them. So you're, you're being driven to learn more about it, keep it up, keep creating content, if that's what you're doing, or keep sharing, you know, ways to improve the clients that are already diving into it. So accountability maybe works both ways is your students are going to keep you as an instructor accountable and you as the instructor are, you know, you're being paid or you're being called on to keep someone else accountable. So a thousand I think, percent. I think that really is a cool thing to
1: work both ways. I, I was just going to say, it's so interesting that you say that because right now, given, you know, what's going on. We're all kind of at home. I, I had this past week, I, or the past two weeks um, I've really had to adjust my entire approach to my online Academy. I've had to totally like reinvent the, not reinvent the wheel. Like what I'm doing has been done before, but I've had to reinvent the way or innovate rather the way that the membership runs because People right now, they need more accountability, more sense of community than ever. Um, Working working out from home just flat out stinks. Like, it's it's not the most, you know, like some people need that. Okay, I got my gym shoes on. I got my workout bag. I'm going to go hit the gym. I'm going to walk in. And then when you walk in, it's like, okay, I'm here for work mode. But then you go from one room to the other in your house. It's like, okay, it's a little less like, you know, exciting but it's just however like what you were mentioning earlier you can get an amazing workout from home and maintain what you have built in the gym and it just takes a little bit of thinking outside the box and you know keeping and and having as an as a instructor a form of instructor like like brad like we just have to change the way um our accountability process goes and make things more fun and interactive and really focused on community and camaraderie and just all around high vibes. Cause that's exactly like you have to base your program and your teaching off what people need, not, not what exactly you want to talk about. <laughs> um, so that's been kind of the, it's fun too because you get to innovate things and you get to see people how they enjoy it and get their feedback so it's it's while it's a crazy time right now it's also been really um inspiring to see how people are adapting and sticking to their programs and staying healthy and prioritizing mental health right now yeah if only we could teach
0: our dogs how to
1: do c- accountability for us, right?
0: <laughs> I know. Ring the bell when, yes. when needs work out. <laughs> Ring the bell, or yeah. just hey, hey, go grab mommy's, uh, go grab mama's yoga pants. We'll, uh, yeah. we'll get some sweat on. You know, that uh, would be my know. accountability saving grace right there. But uh, my my dogs are lazier than I am.
2: Uh, it's been very easy to find distractions, and uh, whenever you're stuck at home in your basement with three other—oh yeah, three, uh, three things to work out with. About I the, know. Um, I think you had a good point in there, Caitlin, about trying to really tailor it to, to what the individuals need. Um, so obviously, everyone's not getting just some cookie cutter uh, program. Right. Um, Right. Where would you, I guess maybe a twofold question, maybe it's more for even the in-person clients you see might be a little Hmm. better target, but how do you, how do you determine what they need? I'm sure it's somewhat based off of just what their goals are and what they want to do. Um, I guess, how do you determine that? And like, where do you typically start with your average client on the, on the fitness side of things?
1: Yeah. I think this is very similar to what, you know, both of you would do from an instructor, golf instructor standpoint. Um, and from a fitness standpoint is I, I don't want someone to just get like, get right to know it with me. Like I, if I'm going to go to someone, I want them to know in the back of their head and lay out what I shouldn't be doing, what I should be doing, where I'm starting. Give me some kind of like reference point, like where we're starting so that I know as the client that I'm actually getting better. And like, my investment is working (laughs) and it's going somewhere. So it it also gives the client like a really exciting, like, you know, benchmark. Okay. I did a pull-up today. I didn't do, I couldn't do a pull-up. I wasn't even clear to do a pull-up when we started. Uh, or I lost if maybe if their goal is weight loss, like, wow, I lost like two pounds, like, or five pounds, 10 pounds, whatever. Um, but the number one step for sure is, um, getting their goals written down on paper. Um, the very lengthy intake form. <laughs> uh, it's a lot of fun to fill out. Uh, but, you know, I, I want to learn everything about your life. I want to know your stress level. I want to know if you're a female. I want to know what your cycle is like. I want to know what you do for workouts, what you hate, what you love, um, what your injuries, what's your injury past has been like even if you sprained a toe i want to know about <laughs> like and you know the other part of that is we're going to do assessments so we're going to do this is with in person or online i bring everyone through a tpi level one movement assessment um also like abbreviated fms uh, if i feel like we need to dive in it a little bit deep functional movement system sorry um FMS for short <laughs> because it's long. Uh but you know it, it's I I want to know how your body moves before we go and start going into the gym. Um as you know we we want and there's there's like a progression. It like creating a program is so fun for someone because it's you're, you're putting together the pieces for this like uh, crazy big puzzle that they probably think is like, whoa, I can't even think of putting together a program. There's so many exercises out there. There's so many different variations, but like it's a very it's very, it's a systematic approach, you know, progressive overload. It's um, there's periodization to it and, you know, every couple, every month this should get harder and there's a system with how many reps and sets you do from week to week to make sure like, you know, your tendons are getting strong Longer and you're not going too much too fast too soon type of things so that's typically like where but it starts with goals for sure if they're female your cycle um and then the assessment um second and then we then we get into it um but most of the time I do have to yeah ex- I, I kind of I probably I would say probably for in-person in I have this conversation more than online, but for my in-person clients, they tip, sometimes they want, like, I want to sweat. Like I want to just feel drenched and that's how I know it's a good workout. And I've had to kind of like reel them in a little bit, you know, over time because you kind of, I mean, if a client, if that's what they really want, sure. We're going to do like 10 minutes of conditioning at the end of anyway. So they're going to be sweating, but it's a part of the education process too, like kind of getting them to see eye to eye on, this is where you think you want to go, but like to get your results, this is where we actually have to go. And it's kind of like a, so once I think we go through the screening process, their walls come down, um, and they, they feel like they can trust you. And then, you know, we can kind of go from there, but I think the screening process is so important for that, for the trust process for sure.
2: Yeah, I think there's uh, like you said, just some education and some changing of mindsets in there of what golf fitness is. Um, Mm. I think there's probably a misconception amongst a lot of people that golf fitness is like swinging a heavy golf club, and that's going to train the the golf muscles that I need. Where I think for uh, probably you know ninety nine percent of the average people, (laughs) really what their golf fitness program is going to look like is um, you know not not very much, uh, like a golf swing, yeah. sprinkle a couple of things in there to, to make them, you know, feel like it's a program later on, but just your, so
1: glad you said your that. basic <laughs>
2: compound movements. Yeah. yeah. If you're swinging a heavy golf yeah. club, that might be something, but it's probably not t- doing everything you need. A lot of people with just your standard, uh, pushing and pulling, you know, and some multi uh, movements yeah. in there are going to check most of their boxes
1: yeah it's so crazy yeah because holly i'm sure you you because we all see you know what's what's being advertised right now i would say like when i any for my online like private clients um there's an application process uh just because it's a much bigger program if you will and i've i've had to have some like crucial conversations with people who are like oh I just want to work on core and some stretching that's all I need for golf and I'm like I don't know and you know I I I know why they say that um because that's all I thought too and I I explained that um and I just kind of you know let them know like this program will actually be lifting weights uh this is a as this is to make you a better athlete and this is just going to skyrocket your golf game. But like, like well, what do you mean? I've never lifted weights before for golf. So it's kind of opens up this cool conversation, but I mean, I understand what it's like. Cause like I quit, I had a personal training session in high school and I quit after the first day cause I felt dumb. I looked like I didn't know what I was doing and the person didn't explain to me why I'm squat. That's like killing my thighs. And I look like an idiot is going to help me hit the ball farther. And I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm not going back. (laughs) It was in front of all of my high school peers. I looked silly. I wasn't wearing the right clothes. I was like, "This is not for me." (laughs) And so, ever that from that day on, as soon as like the fitness world clicked with golf for me in the in in college, I was like, "I will never let someone walk away if I can control it." Feeling how I felt that day, like just not a part of this. Like this is not. (laughs) I want them to just feel like. Okay, I may not be like, you know, I'm starting where I'm starting, and that's fine. But like, this is gonna, this is all gonna work out. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, you know, you feel like you belonged, and that you, because uh, there is an emotional part to it for sure.
0: Trust the process, right?
1: Yeah. Trust yeah. the process. For sure.
0: Definitely. So, I mean, both of you kind of touched about touched on this. Um, you know, when you approach someone or someone approaches you about fitness and they have this preconceived notion of golf, I need to have, you know, those, um, Uh, bands. I need to have elastic bands and I'm just going to pull them from side to side. Like I see Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas doing on their Instagram account. And that's going to make me look like them and hit the ball like them. And that's all I need. I just need you to keep me accountable. You know, how do you have a conversation with someone who has such a strong preconceived notion about what fitness is, or they've been doing some sort of fitness routine, like running, for themselves for such a long time and could be somewhat of a naysayer of, no, you actually need to work out differently because of X, Y, and Z, whether it's physiology, whether it's, you know, that particular person or they're trying to get something different out of it. How do you have those tough conversations when someone's like, you know, I I need you for X, Y, and Z, but I don't like the way that you're you know, presenting the information or like you, Caitlin, I've been in the same boat. I look silly. I feel like this isn't going to help me. I don't see any immediate results. I don't feel the burn like every other workout program I've ever tried. You know, how do you have those tough conversations? It's, uh, it's definitely,
1: a definitely a, a, a challenging one. And I've been reading a book. I don't know if you guys have read this called crucial conversations. <laughs> yes, it's great definitely book. a good book. It's a yes. great, great book um because one the last thing you want i think the last thing we would want is to make someone feel silly or dumb for asking not i hate the word dumb but like i actually hate the word hate too i just use two words i just like <laughs> but um you know you don't want to make someone feel like oh i shouldn't have asked that question or oh cuz we've all asked a question where the other person like the way that they answered it was like egotistical or, oh, wow, now I feel silly. I'm never going to ask you a question again. <laughs> like, you, I, I, I think we, we, I can say for all of us that we want to create like a learning environment and like inspire others, like learning through this process. So being able for being, ha- having it be like an environment where they feel like very high vibe and they're like, oh, I can ask her literally or him literally anything. And I'm going to get a really awesome education but, and, but maybe it's, we don't always see an eye to eye, but like, they're going to let, they're going to educate me on what they know best. And then I can make that decision for myself. So with, and I, I've had this conversation with, oh, oh, like guys, I, I have probably 200 sales associates with a golf company that I work with right now online and they're, they're very, very busy reps. They, uh, travel a lot and all they do for workouts pretty much is running, um, ups and sit-ups and, you know, for someone who commutes a lot and they're stressed out and they're not getting a lot of sleep and it's just and they're they're already in this like hunched over position. I'm like, and they have low back pain. Those, that thing though, at that's, that's probably the things I have want to have them do the least. Um, but for me to be like, Oh no, what you're doing is completely wrong. Like, who is that helping? It's, it's, it's not helping anyone. So the way that I go about it is I'm like, okay, why is it that I ask why they are, they chose to do those movements and why, why like, what is your goal? And from, from that answer. I, I, cause sometimes if they say, Oh, well, that's what I've been doing for years. Well, if they've been doing that for years, maybe they're doing it because that's what they feel comfortable with and going, going back to the comfort level. The last thing people want is to look silly and, and have people feel like they, Oh, (laughs) that person doesn't know what they're doing. Like no one wants (laughs) to be that person. Um, me I don't care but like but you know but when it's something's new it's it can be a little intimidating so and plus going back to what you know is just fast a lot of the, a lot of the people who I think we work with they don't have a lot of time so just tell me let's just do what I know like we're, we always go back to kind of habit right so um making kind of educating them say okay well here's why you want to do this but um what if I had a better way? Like, what if I told you that if this is your goal, this is actually research shows and proves that this is the best way to attack this. And you're all about, you know, Mr. Johnson, Mrs. Johnson, you're all about being efficient and I'm here to absolutely help you that. And we're going to, how about, how, what if, what if we tried this? I think if you did this, this would be amazing that research shows blah, 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 blah. Um, it, and you know how about we start incorporating this and just give me give me 1 month doing it this way and if it you don't see change we can go back to the drawing board after that i pretty much never have a conversation like oh this didn't work or whatever um you know if if they if they know that this is like a this is a process that's constantly being tweaked according to you know how much stress they're under how much sleep they're getting how much training they're doing um, and kind of incorporating that holistic style in there. They're very open to those discussions, but I, I have had a few clients that were very like gun ho on a certain like burpees. I don't do burpees in my programs ever. Uh, there's just certain things. I just, they're not in my philosophy um, because the risk versus reward is just far too high. And I've had to have those very crucial conversations where I say I will not be I will not be providing those for your workout and if you do them um I just want you to know that there is this risk um but you know if that's what the person wants to do I mean you can't control the other hours you can just educate them the best that you can Um, but I think if like people feel like you're approachable and they're going to be educated and there's, they don't feel silly. That conversation can be a very easy one. I think. For sure.
2: Yeah, I would agree with uh, Caitlin on that, even just from the – more on the instruction side, when people come in and have a preconceived notion of how they should be swinging in the golf club or maybe from the last week's winner on tour has some uh, unique characteristic about their swing, just trying mm-hmm. to then have a conversation and you know try to objectively be uh, analyzing their swing compared to theirs and why they need to do some things, um, trying to make them part of the conversation, less – talking at them, uh, long,
1: I'm just
2: saying, you don't want to obviously put them down by any means, but at the same time, you're also the expert that they are coming to seeking out help. So trying to not only mm-hmm. help them with their goals, but educating them along the way, uh, I think is just how you get the, the short-term buy-in, but then also the long-term as well.
0: Definitely. I can remember from, you know, my instruction day, somebody coming in saying, okay, what's your goal? well, I want to stop swinging over the top and you watch him swing, you know, eight or 10 golf balls just warming up. And it's like, um, you're actually coming about 25 degrees inside, but we'll figure this out. You know? So it's, they, they, They'll think one thing and some of them are right on, you know, maybe they've done their own video or they've read read and watched different things and, and other other clients are, you know, it's just kind of how they feel. And we all know the internal feelings could look completely different whenever we're external looking from another angle. So, but, um, well, I think, you know, to kind of summarize what we've talked about today, um, you know, we've talked about how to get into it golf fitness, whether you're a PGA professional wanting to teach it or a student, um, you know, wanting to incorporate that into, into your game for whatever reason. Um, accountability seems incredibly huge for any level of fitness, um, you know, whether it's keeping your students accountable, keep students keeping other students accountable, or the instructor being kept accountable as well. You know, what do clients really want from, from our instructors? Caitlin, you had a really good point of the difference between online and in-person clients. Um, you know, the industry itself, I think, is being fast, faster and faster propelled toward uh, online and app-based programs. Um, you know, with all of us at the time of this recording being stuck at home and, uh, you know, limited places to go, no gyms open, you um, that online presence is is incredibly powerful you can do it under your own built app and your own website or um, those free avenues such as Instagram and Snapchat and Facebook and and all different kinds of things that you can kind of start your own empire through those Um, and then just kind of you know keeping a learning and inspiring environment through fitness and educating anyone and everyone that you can about it Um, you know because there is no set curriculum, because it is fitness and everybody and every body is different um, and everybody has different goals, you know, it's a learning curve, it's a learning process, no matter where you start, Um, you know, so I think that's something that's really impactful to me to keep in mind, Um, you know, my fitness baseline is going to be vastly different than both of you. and then you know vastly different from anyone in my family even if i had a twin sister which i don't but we could have completely different we could have completely different baselines you know so i think that's that's a huge thing is everybody's on on their own journey and support each other no matter how we can and and things like that but um I really, I really thank both of you for joining us for this episode of the Elevation Series podcast hosted by the Colorado PGA. And if you're looking to look up either one of our guests or co-hosts, um, Caitlin, you can be found. Um, tell tell our listeners where they can look you up best.
1: Yeah. Um, thank you so much, Holly and Brad. It was so great to chat with both of you. I love what you're doing. It's so innovative and um it, the, the section, your Colorado section is so, so, I should be so proud to have you guys there um, and as far as where to find me I am I hang out on Instagram and Facebook uh, a lot these days um, so Instagram is Caitlin Pimental underscore golf fitness um, Facebook, I have a private Facebook, or private Facebook page that is free so or sorry uh, a Facebook group that there is a um, online golf fitness challenge going on um, and then yeah and I, I'm on Twitter and whatnot but also there's you guys can also um look up any like golf digest, golf digest. And I have done a lot of, um, online golf fitness programs too. So those are, you can find me hanging on over there. Um, but yeah, that's where I'll be hanging out. And, um, it was so great to chat with you guys.
0: Awesome, thanks, Caitlin and Brad. Obviously, your expertise in in uh, instruction coming from Golf Tech, one of the biggest instructional companies on the planet, um, and your wide reach with different programs and such has been, in you know, very innovative to say the least. So, where could uh, someone come to find you if they had further questions or wanted to pick your brain? Or see how far you um, hit the ball. <laughs> I know. This is oh, what
2: yeah.
1: we're all wondering. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: plenty of instructional videos on uh, Golf Channel. Um, on their website, just by searching my name, golftech.com. Or then on uh, your social media, is just Brad Skopeka, PGA, on uh, both Instagram as well as Twitter. Do a little more long drive on on both of those. But uh, it's mm-hmm. been awesome. Just taking some time to hang out with both of you. Thanks for having me.
0: Awesome. Thank you very much, you two. Yeah. Um, Please look for our next episode of the Elevation series to come to you in about a week. We'll see you then.